Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, November 29th, 2016, and I'm your host, Arielle Taylor, with my co-hosts, Lavendar and Anastasia. Tonight we are excited to announce our new Starseed Quest to Arkansas. This Starseed Gathering is a soul family reunion, and eligibility requires having at least one star marking at galactic degree, which is 25, 26, or 27 degrees of any sign. This is a new four-day event redesigned to bring all star seeds to their next level of activation. If you feel the call of the crystals and a desire to reunite with your star seed family, you can register for either our Spring Equinox Athena's Birthday Gathering, which is March 17th through the 20th, or the next one for Pleiadian Lineup in May from the 19th to the 22nd. And you can write to crystals, that's plural, C-R-Y-S-T-A-L-S at starseedhotline.com for more info. Our special guest this evening is Moira Hutchison, who is a mindfulness coach, energy healer, tarot card reader, author, and speaker, whose focus is helping people shift from a feeling of being stuck or adrift in life to feeling motivated and in charge. It's her passion to show people that they are the solution they've been looking for all along. Moira has been in a position where she had absolutely no power over her own life because she bought into an external solution. The truth is there is no such thing, and her mission is to help people get the answers they need from within. These answers are facilitated by Moira's new Letting Go Guidance Cards, which she'll be talking about tonight. Her journey from self-loathing to unconditionally loving herself has been an incredible inspiration. It's this journey that inspired her mission to help people get unstuck and achieve the absolute best that they possibly can in mind, body, and soul. Check out her website, which is Wellness with Moira, and Moira is spelled M-O-I-R-A, wellnesswithmoira.com. And right after Anastasia's Starseed News, our Starseed friend, Lori Moritz, will be stopping by for a few minutes to tell us about her yummy mystic chocolate. Did you know that chocolate was transplanted here from the Pleiades? Of course. Lori was with us for her for the uh, Sacred France tour in 2012 with Kathleen McGowan, and we're so proud of her accomplishments. We'd like to thank Vanya and Fiona for hosting the Switchboard this evening for those who may have a comment or question for Moira. And if you'd like to chat with like-minded people, we have an online Starseed community at starseedhotline.ning.com, and it's a safe place to connect with other Starseeds, thanks to Tammy's dedication and help with our forum. You can download any show in our archives on iTunes or right from our Blog Talk Radio episode page using the cloud with an arrow on it. We'd appreciate your support of our show, and you can do that by clicking follow on our page here at Blog Talk, and you'll get our weekly show notice. The toll-free number for StarseedHotline.com is 888-881-0881. The Stage 1 Starseed confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings in your natal astrological chart, and the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one phone session available with Lavendar, Anastasia, or myself. 
For those who need healing of any kind, for yourself or your pets, Tammy's powerful remote sessions will help. And if you have a birthday coming up, you don't want to miss out on your 10 hours of power. It only comes once a year. So you can find out when that happens by requesting your solar return timing. And please note, if you want a Stage 2 interpretation of that chart, please order at least two or three months ahead of time to make sure you get it in before your 10 hours because we do have a waiting list. So uh, first this evening, I would like to introduce Anastasia with her wonderful Starseed News. Hello, Anastasia. Hello, Ariel. Good evening, everyone. It's great to be with you. Um, just wonderful to be back. Missed you for a week. Missed all of you. But here we are again, thank goodness. Well, we have an uptick going on right now in solar flare activity. There are two new sunspots that are rapidly emerging on the solar disk, and one of them, called AR2615, is now crackling with C and M-class solar flares. So far, the eruptions are minor, but they do represent a notable uptick in activity compared to the absolute quiet of recent months. So the sun is coming back alive. And uh, we've got some near-Earth asteroids coming up. Interesting, I thought I'd mention it to you. There's one tomorrow. It's called 2016 WQ. <clears throat> it's going to pass by at a distance of 4.5 lunar distances. But then, on the 1st of December, we're going to get two near-Earth asteroids. One of them will pass by at 2.6 lunar distance, and the other one at 1.5 pretty close at 1.5. Then we have another one on the December 5th and December 6th. So a lot of uh, wow. activity in the sky. In fact, in the last week, let's see, let me see here, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12. In the last 10 days, there's been one passing by ev just about every single day. It's pretty close. So a lot of activity up there. Well, the Popocatapetl volcano has erupted. Uh, and that's in Mexico, by the way. We talk about that from time to time. They say that volcano is entering a new phase of enhanced activity. Now, after several explosions, the volcano had a strong eruption that ejected ash, uh, ash and gas above the crater. They have uh, It's experienced what they call 324 exhalations. That's an outbreath of low intensity that was recorded within a 24-hour period. Now, that's a lot of volcanic belches in 24 hours, 324 of those. They don't know what to expect, but it is rocking and rolling in Mexico. And we had a shallow earthquake of a magnitude 5.4 that hit Taiwan. That happened on Friday, according to the USGS. And uh, there was another earthquake that struck northwestern China. It was a 5.0, and that followed uh, an earthquake that was 6.7 the day before. No reported casualties there, which is fortunate because, as we know, in those uh, areas of the world, the um, dwellings are quite flimsy. And so a 6.7, pretty surprising, but there were no casualties, and that's a good thing. Uh, well, there's been a hurricane that hit Nicaragua and Costa Rica. At the same time, a major earthquake shattered the region. That's right. They had a Hurricane Otto that battered the Nicaraguan and Costa Rican coasts, and at the same time, an earthquake of seven, magnitude 7.0 struck. So no deaths reported on that, but there certainly were a lot of homes uh, damaged and thousands of people were evacuated. Hurricane and earthquake at the same time. Pretty awful, Jeez. really. Yeah. yeah. And we had an earthquake that hit Nepal. 
Uh, it was a 5.4. It was actually felt very broadly. It was felt in India, in China, in Kathmandu, uh, in Bhutan, in Bangladesh. So that covered a broad area, big. And in New Zealand, there was a 5.1 earthquake. Those of you from that uh, part of the world, it was it hit Hawke's Bay, and uh, that was followed by a 4.6 jolt. So we're ha- experiencing a lot of earthquakes coming in uh, repetition, one following the other. You know, they're not talking much about aftershocks these days. They're calling them quakes. In the old times, uh, people would say, well, there was a quake and then there was an aftershock. But the way these stories are being reported anyway, uh, not able to check the facts myself, but they're talking about them as if they are earthquakes after earthquakes and not aftershocks that follow earthquakes. So if that's true, that's uh, a pretty interesting development. Well, is it going to be a cold winter or is it going to be a mild winter? Well, you know, I've got my fingers crossed, but they say that uh, we ought to brace ourselves because the polar vortex is shifting. Now, take this for what it's worth, you know, but they say that uh, climate change has hit the Arctic worse than ever over the past few years. And they say that that just doesn't mean that the northern hemisphere is going to be experiencing a mild winter this year. In fact, a new study shows that the polar vortex is shifting and that it's going to make winters on the east coast of the United States and parts of Europe even longer with exceptionally cold temperatures expected during March. Well, we shall see. It is what it is, but that I thought I'd pass that along. Maybe some of you want to get a down coat for Christmas or an extra coat. <laughs> I know not. <laughs> well, this is so cool. You know, I love science. I'm, I, I just do, and I think you all do as well. But this is so far out. So cool. Physicists have now, uh, well, they're talking about these sensational findings that will allow science fiction to be reality. Um There are, according to these researchers, multiple timelines playing out in parallel universes. Now, this is a sensational claim, even though sci-fi lovers and starseed kind of probably have figured a lot of that out already. But this was made, uh, this claim was made by a team of physicists who actually believe and are postulating that parallel universes all affect one another. Think about that for a second. These are professors from Griffiths University Center for Quantum Dynamics, and they claim uh, that the idea of parallel universes is much more than science fiction. In fact, they are saying that that is exactly what's going on in the universe. And they also say that if there really are multiple interacting universes, then it would be possible for time travelers to visit Earth, and every imaginable scenario would be played out in a parallel universe at some point. Fascinating. Wow. Really kind of gets your head all bound up. But, uh, oh, yes, I kind it's, of mind-boggling. It's, it's re- <laughs> it really is just uh, juicy and uh, amazing stuff to think about. Well, uh, a little bit more about climate change. Um, they have uh, this, this came from the Telegraph out of uh, out of the UK, by the way. One um, hundred year old logbooks of polar explorers who were named Scott and Shackleton are proving that Antarctic sea ice is not shrinking due to man-made climate change. Hmm. 
Antarctic sea ice has barely changed from where it was 100 years ago, scientists have recently discovered, after poring over the logbooks of these great polar explorers, uh, such as Robert Falcon, Scott, and Ernest Shackleton. Experts now have been concerned that ice at the South Pole has declined significantly since the 1950s. And as you all know, they're saying this is caused by man-made climate change. But new analysis is suggesting that conditions are now virtually identical to the early 1900s, indicating that declines are a part of a natural cycle and not the result of global warming. It also explains why sea ice levels in the South Pole have begun to rise again in recent years, a trend which has been leading climate scientists um, scratching their heads. So, interesting, huh? What old mm. records can tell us. And uh, this is a, a minor story uh, in the uh, uh, northern um, uh, North American stage. No one ever talks too much about this, but I'm, I've been a bit aware of it. Uh, uh, Gaza. Uh, the World Bank is now saying that 90% of Gaza has no safe drinking water and that all water will be unusable by 2020. Now, the Palestinians have a real problem. 90% of Gaza has no safe drinking water. And they say that, um, well, actually what has happened uh, is that they pumped so much water from the natural aquifer underneath Gaza that seawater and sewage has, is seeping in. And it spoiled the water, and not only can they not drink it because it's salty, but because it is sewage water. Now, that is um, because of a sewage plant uh, off the coast of Israel that is leaking into the seawater that um, uh, impacts Gaza. Well, anyway, Gaza's nearly 2 million residents have to rely on about 150 water truck people that sell desalinated filtered drinking water. And if you've ever had any of that, you know it's not tasty. But can you imagine uh, one whole country completely out of usable drinking water in just four years from now? I mean, this is uh, its mind-boggling, just mind-boggling. And uh, that is sort of connected to the following article about what's going on uh, up in North Dakota with uh, uh, the pipeline protests. I know probably a lot of you are familiar with this, and maybe some of you aren't, but it's important enough to bring to you. And while uh, most of America spent hours and hours preparing feasts for Thanksgiving, and of course, you know, it's traditional to reflect on our, our blessings and so on, uh, the Native Americans, the original people to this land, have had a less idyllic perspective on this holiday, as you all know. And it certainly has uh, a deep historical context, which is now deja vu, as it plays out in a battle for, guess what, clean water. Well, for the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe, this peaceful fight to stop the construction of the Dakota Access Pipeline isn't merely environmental activism. It is, for them about the preservation of a living entity, which would be the Missouri River and the Lake Oahe Reservoir. To the Native Americans, water is consciousness. It is a living entity. Now, while these water protectors were waging a prayerful campaign to preserve, preserve their water, um, the state uh, and the government... Uh, chose the ironic weapon of water uh, to devalue the lives of those that were daring to protect the water. <laughs> uh, 
uh, it's really tragic what's been going on up there. Medics from the Standing Rock Sioux and Cheyenne, Cheyenne River Sioux tribes have reported 26 people as hospitalized and around 300 people injured because dozens of people uh, were soaked by police in, it was 23 degrees Fahrenheit there, and they turned water hoses on them um, to fight them off. Now, it caused a great deal of hypothermia in dozens of people. A really terrible thing to do, turn cold water or water onto people when it's 23 degrees outside, and that's not all they did. Um, people are reporting that uh, the police intentionally shot rubber bullets and other projectiles at people's heads and legs um, they, so that uh, the police were targeting journalists and anybody who helped the wounded. Um, the Standing Rock and Bismarck Emergency Services crew said that they had never seen anything like this, and I have cleaned up this story a bit. It's it uh, came across my desk considerably more graphic than that, but it's really awful. And uh, that brings us, of course, to our next story. I want to share with all of you that um, in my work uh, as a clairvoyant and a teacher, um, I get lots of phone calls and uh, people that are concerned about what's going on out there. And uh, there is a great deal of generalized angst. Um, depression is increased. I'm speaking specifically after the election, although things have been building for a long time now. I mean, there is a generalized uh, discomfort and worry and uh, stress going on among people at this time, and it really isn't. Uh, it's epidemic. Let's just say that. Well, it's time to have a talk, and I wanted to share this with you. This is a story that was written by someone else. I'm going to highlight it because it's quite profound. And uh, this is about Viktor Frankl, who was a psychologist and a Holocaust survivor. Um, he wrote the book Man's Search for Meaning. And I would hope that all of you have read this book. I read this book when I was 14 years old, and it really influenced my life and philosophy. And it's something that everyone should read. But um, he, he was uh, a prominent Jewish psychiatrist and the neurologist who lived in Vienna in 1942. He was arrested and taken to a Nazi concentration camp with his family. And three years later, his camp was liberated, but most of his family had perished, but he had lived. And after he uh, was released, he came to the States and wrote a best-selling book, as I've said, called Man's Search for Meaning. He wrote this book in nine days, and it was about his experiences in the camps. And what that terrific suffering did for him was gave him tremendous insight as to how people survive uh, unbearable things. And he concluded that the difference between those who had lived and those who had died in those camps came down to one thing. He said that <laughs> um, in the camps, those who found meaning, even in the most horrendous circumstances, were far more resilient to suffering than those who did not. He said everything can be taken from a person but one thing. He said the last of human freedoms, to choose one's attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way, no matter what happens, even when you're deprived of freedom, when you're deprived of dignity, when everything is set against you. We have the choice to, to take our stand, to choose our attitude, no matter what happens, to stand tall. And that, you know, that, that is profound advice. Now, today we see, on the other hand, and this is according to the Center for Disease Control, 
that about four out of ten Americans have not discovered a satisfying life purpose. They say about 40% either do not think their lives have a clear sense of purpose or they're neutral about whether their lives have a purpose. Well, nearly a quarter of Americans feel neutral or do not have a sense, then, of what makes their lives meaningful. And research has shown that having purpose and meaning in life increases our overall well-being and our life satisfaction. It improves our mental and physical health. It enhances our resiliency. It it gives us self-esteem, and it decreases the chance of having depression. Now, on top of that, uh, the single-minded pursuit of happiness that we see now in our culture is ironically, according to researchers, leaving people less happy. It is the very pursuit of happiness, according to Viktor Frankl, that thwarts happiness. Now, this is why some researchers are cautioning against the pursuit of mere happiness. In a new study to be published uh, later this year, uh, psychologists and scientists asked nearly 400 Americans aged 18 to 78 whether they thought their lives were meaningful or happy. And, um, of course, they got the answers that people really didn't find a lot of um, meaning in their lives. The psychologists and the researchers found that a meaningful and happy life overlap in some ways, but are ultimately very different. Leading a happy life, the psychologists discovered, is associated with being a taker, while leading a meaningful life corresponds with that of being a giver. The authors to this study wrote, happiness without meaning characterizes a relatively shallow, self-absorbed, or even selfish life in which things go well, needs and desires are easily satisfied, and difficult or taxing entanglements are avoided. But, they said, by putting aside our selfish interests to serve someone or something larger than ourselves, by devoting our lives to giving rather than taking, we are not only expressing our fundamental humanity, but are also acknowledging that there is more to a good life than the pursuit of simple happiness. So as we come up on the um, transformative and turbulent times ahead, it really is time for each person to dig down into their own hearts to discover the meaning within their own existence and to find the strength and the inner light um, the meaning in expressing a purpose and caring for others, caring for the collective, and living life on a bigger stage than just about me. So, anyway, people wonder how they're going to endure what comes. Read Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning. It's going to help you a lot and give you a lot to think about. And I think that's something we all need to need to put into our survival packet for the future, our soul survival tools. All right, well, that's it for tonight's news, Ariel. Thank you so much. I look forward to talking to all of you again next week. And from my heart to yours, I wish you a wonderful week and much love. Thanks, Ariel. Thank you, Anastasia. A lot of good good stuff to think about there for everybody. So um, we will talk to you next week. Thanks so much. Okay, um, next I am going to look on the switchboard for Lori. I don't see the number here. Hang on now. Wow, we have a lot of callers tonight. 
Um, Lori, if you are on the switchboard calling from a number different from what was on your email, uh, you need to press 1 on your keypad so we can find you because I don't see you on the switchboard. Well, um, just wait a few seconds here. Well, possibly uh, she's having trouble getting in. So, Lavendar, I'm just going to open up your microphone first here. Hey, Lavendar. Lavendar, are you there? I'm here. Oh, okay. <laughs> Boy, um, this week we've had so much weirdness with computers, um, at least in my world and the people that I talk to. I thought maybe you had something too, but... I'm just going to go ahead and bring Moira on because I can't. I don't see Lori on the switchboard. Um, did, you, did she send an email to you earlier? It was a couple of weeks ago, and then you sent one. So, okay. Well, well um, I, I, I guess we'll have her on um, maybe next week's show. Okay. If she does happen to call in, so um, let me just bring Moira online here. Hi, Moira. Hello there. Hey, wonderful to have you with us. So Lavendar is going to kick it off for us. Oh, wonderful. So Lavendar, take it away. Okay. Well, girl, I really love what you what you sent me. Uh, these letting go guidance guidance cards, and and the colors are my colors: purple and turquoise. <laughs> and in your little picture here on your card, those are the colors you're wearing. So do you wear those colors all the time? All the time. Oh, I'm, I'm actually very you. well known for well, wearing them all the time. Tell us a little bit about yourself, and um, and let, and then let's go talk about the difference between oracle cards, guidance cards, and tarot cards. For sure, and you know, I I have to say I absolutely love love synchronicity because I I was um, I absolutely loved what um, Anastasia just shared with the Viktor Frankl's work. That's actually a very big piece of my own um, my own learning, my own story. I I have huge huge respect for his man, for for that man and for his body of work, because um, my whole story of why I I do the whole letting go process. Pre- prior to that, what I did was I I used to say that I would help people get unstuck. And so I was working with a lot of people doing doing uh, readings and, and coaching, and, and I'm a hypnotherapist too, so blending lots of different services to help people get unstuck. But then I started to see a, a pattern that just helping people see that they were stuck and, and starting to, to move, that without figuring out what it was that was holding them and in being stuck and helping them let it go, or find meaning, find purpose, then it, it like they would just keep coming back. You know, I'm stuck, and, and what do I do now? So that was a, a really big uh, turning point for me was, was actually I reread Viktor Frankl's book and started to, to kind of change my own philosophy a wee bit. Wow. But my, so my philosophy, my whole thing about being stuck, in, and it was mentioned uh, when Ariel read out my bio is one of the things that I did um, in, as, a, as a young adult was I actually, I joined a cult for to find my sort of sense of meaning, my sense of belonging. And in that was very much into, had given over control for choices 
to something outside of me. And it was really, I, I think, like, in hindsight, it was one of my biggest gifts. It took quite a while to get out and to get out of the mindset of needing to be told who, who was I? Who, who was I? What could, how could I speak to? How could I speak? And so a lot of my journey is, is based based on that, that 30 years later, I'm, I'm walking my walk and, and really following my own guidance without being told from something, someone outside of me. That's great. I think a lot of us have gone through the years of finding out that that we need to align to our higher self and that we really don't need any outside influence coming and, and, and messing with us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I call it messing with us because if you don't take your power and if you don't know who you are, then you get messed with. Absolutely. Yeah, that's all about so, so finding out that you actually do have the right to stand up and say, this is me, and not getting, me- I like that term, getting messed messed with, because that, but that's just uh, as we sort of grow in confidence and find our own voice, right? Right, right. Well, I've used cards off and on for many years. I started out many years ago with the tarot, and then mm-hmm. later I progressed to the Native American uh, cards that Jamie Sams developed and her sacred path cards. And uh, I'm waiting for someone to do the starseed cards. I guess maybe some of us will have to get together and do that. But with your cards, what I found so interesting about them was, was that the way you've written the book and the way that you've designed the cards are so simple and so easy to read and so easy to connect to. But tell us the difference between um, oracles and guidance and tarot cards. Give us a description of all three, if you would. Absolutely. So I also use tarot cards in my own coaching practice. I find that so I find that tarot cards are great for really giving you a sense of structure because it helps you see the different stages, the different decisions, the different options or paths that we might be taking. So so that's where like I say the tarot will help me really help people see What's the structure? What's underneath? Maybe what what they're they're trying not to see or or not wanting to see. So that so I actually would probably and and ha- often have used a blend of all the different types of cards. So like I said, tarot cards to me helps you really see the structure, the skeleton of what's going on, what what's going on uh, from a heart base, from a, from a mental base, and and spiritually what what what's being sort of put forward for you. And then the oracle cards, and this is, it's actually my study of oracle cards that, that kind of helped me develop the cards that I have because oracle cards, and I know that there's hundreds and hundreds of them out there. There's probably thousands of them, in fact. And they're all beautiful, uplifting messages of of guidance, you know, tapping into your angels are here or talk to your guardian angel or... Um, Focus on your your integrity or your your um, authenticity, things things like that. And so, oftentimes, when people are are in a funk or they're feeling stuck or they're feeling burdened or stressed or depressed, and this is part of my own journey through through what I've I've worked through, is that if you're feeling like that and you want to have a tool to help you look deeper and as to what's going on for you. 
you don't really want to be told everything's fine and your angels are all around you because it, it doesn't resonate. When you're in a, a funk or feeling angry or anxious or, or um, depressed, that's not really going to communicate because it just it, 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 like it's missing the target, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that so, does make so that, sense. Yeah. So that's the thing is that that's why I'm not trying to discredit any of it. It just depends on where a person is at. And so I was starting to think, well, wouldn't it be nice to have a system that would actually help open the door to um, really facing what's what's got me in this funk or feeling anxious? Like, is it because I'm competing and comparing myself to other people? Is it because I'm repeating a story that I that doesn't serve me anymore? Is it because I'm not forgiving somebody or I'm, I'm sitting in a relationship that doesn't serve me anymore? So that's where the, the idea of the guidance cards come in, is that, that you could, and, and that's why I'm saying, is that you can actually use all of them in one sitting. Although my own my own um, suggestion would be to use two, so you might use tarot cards and the letting go cards, or you might use the letting go cards and then oracle cards. So that so that that to me is kind of the the how how they all interact and interrelate to each other. Well, Does what, that make sense? Absolutely. So what inspired you to develop these letting go guidance cards? Well, what, kind what of what I was just that really inspired you to do this. The, the the piece there was a number of pieces because you know actually this project was actually over five years but when I I finally sat down and decided to do something about it and actually it's partly thanks to you Lavendar because it was a conversation I had with you that made me say okay I should just sit down and do it instead of talking about wouldn't it be nice if there was something like this or somebody should come up with it kind of thinking that that somebody I guess had to be me. And so that's where where I um, I had these ideas. Like I said, I was sitting with oracle cards or or other types of guidance cards and thinking, wouldn't it be nice if you were able to draw a card that said, um, you know, like a connection that doesn't serve you anymore or stubbornness or competing and comparing. That's one that, that comes up a lot for a lot of people, actually. So like I said, I had all these ideas. And so the day that I actually sat down and said, I want to create this, I just tapped in and actually the the titles for the 44 cards of letting go all came out in an hour. I actually sat and titled them all. The actual descriptions took a wee bit longer than that, but that to me really helped me sort of see this is this was me tapping into uh something bigger than me, something something that I was opening myself up to be a conduit to communicating that that system too and so I started playing with it and so I've had these it's only been in the last year that I've I've produced them with the these beautiful purple uh, water pictures on them but prior to that I had them printed out on just uh, blank business card templates that you buy from Staples so I've been using them for, with clients so, so just using them as a tool of after we'd had a, a coaching session, we would they would shuffle them and say, okay, so in order to shift through this, what do you need to let go? Which is that's the, generally the question people are going to be asking when they use these these cards. And so that is basically what inspired me to do it was was my own journey, but then also witnessing 
uh, what people needed. That oftentimes, and, it, and like you said, too, Lavendar, they are very simple. They're very simple and straightforward, but the guidance is so pivotal for so many people. I actually did them. I did a mini reading on somebody yesterday, and she looked at it and immediately knew that, that the issue that came up for her, I think it was uh, being ju- overly judgmental was, was the one that had come up for her. And she immediately tapped into, yes, of course I am. This is what I'm doing. This is a story I'm telling myself. And so just by having it um, put in front of her, she was able to start really talking about what was the judgment and what was underneath, kind of lifting it up a little bit. And then the, then just being able to let it go because now it's not something that would just keep going round and round for her. So that's the the way of it is just to, to sort of bring bring your awareness up to saying, there, just look at that, like a wee tap on your shoulder, saying, how about letting go that? But the other, do you know the other thing too is that there's been times where I've, I've worked with these where uh, somebody might pick a card and it doesn't click. It doesn't really resonate right away with them. But they come back a couple of days later. This has happened a couple of times. Come back a couple of days later and said, you know why not? I've been thinking about that card that came out and it does connect. It does re- relate to me and here's why. And it's just this one story that I'm thinking of. It actually was a past life issue that she had to really sit. And I guess it came through to her in a dream state that there was the connection and that's what she let go. So that one was really powerful to witness that. That's amazing. You know, as I was looking at the contents, uh, the, the names, you know, all the cards, I got to thinking, I thought, you know, this really matches something that we've been working on called the filters of the brain. There's filters mm-hmm. that you have when something happens. You run it through a filter before you make a decision. And I'm noticing that a lot of the filters that, that, that Tammy and I sat down and wrote about one day, you have them in the card. So I'd like to read your your contents, if if I might, and yes, what, what each of the card represents. A sense of lack, conflict, relationship, belief that others are better than you, your fixed idea or personal agenda, pain and sadness, your story, the pattern, overthinking, negative thoughts, addiction, attachment, Caring what others think, obsessing about how you look, misunderstanding, allowing the opinions of others to change you, fear, loneliness, gossiping or spreading rumors, disapproval of self, shame, guilt, assumptions or expectations, competing and comparing, struggle, pride, the past, Hiding your light, connections that no longer serves, judgmental thoughts, limitations, approval of others, anger or resentment, negative body image, the idea that good fortune will land in your lap, excuses or justifications, stubbornness, procrastination, jealousy, your baggage, negativity, insecurity, depending on others for your happiness, and the last one is the need for control. I just love the way that you you t- 
took a bow and arrow and just hit hit the mark. <laughs> and when I got to the when I got to the one that said judgmental thoughts, it made me think of something that that uh, Tammy Ariel and I've been talking about, and that's called secondhand judgment. Somebody else's judgment on something, and then you jump on top of it. That's called secondhand judgment. Have you had that happen with some of your clients to see that how other people's judgments are really not their own, they belong to somebody else? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I seem to have been cut off here. I'm talking. Can you can you not hear me? Hello? Can you hear me, Lavendar? I'm yeah, hello? Lavendar, it's Ariel. I'm here. Can, can you, you hear me? I can hear you. Well, why can't she hear me? Um, Moira, would you say something? Oh, we've got we've got some uh, some weirdness. Remember, I was saying earlier that the computers, electronics, has really been. Now oh, she just dropped off, so we'll have have to wait for her to call back in. Um, hopefully, she can do that pretty quickly. But yeah, I have I have just had all kinds of weird electronic, you know, computer glitches this week. Um oh there she is. Let me get her back. Hello. Hello Moira. We can I can hear you. Can you hear me? Hi, can you hear me? Yes. Yes, we can hear you. Moira, can you hear us? Lavendar, can you hear me? <laughs> I can hear you, but I can't hear her. Okay, she just hung up, and she's going to try to call back in again. Oh, well, you know, <laughs> all we can do is just uh, keep our fingers crossed that the third time's the charm. Yeah, that was strange because she's on the switchboard, and just we just couldn't hear her. Yeah. Well, we could hear her, but she couldn't hear us. I know. So... Um, yeah, I mean, I've just <laughs> I, I went through about two hours yesterday trying to beat my computer into submission, and it it took every <laughs> ounce of of <laughs> it took every ounce of of uh, MacGyver that I have in me to to get it to come back. Okay, here she is. Keep your fingers crossed. Hello, Moira. Hello. Hi, I'm now? here. I don't know what's happening here. It keeps booting me off somehow. Well. You can hear me now? Hello, Moira? Are you can you can you hear us? Moira, Pretty can crazy. you hear us? Yeah. Well, okay. She's dropped off Is again. Is she calling so. from Skype or calling from a phone? She's calling from a phone, but she's in Canada. That I mean oh. that shouldn't make any that shouldn't make any difference, but um you know, she might be calling. She said she was going to call from her um, her, her Skype to landline service. So um, again, that's the computer <laughs> having its way. But yeah, I mean, it has been crazy. The, the just the weirdness, uh, you know, uh, with the internet and computers and um, anything electronic. Okay, here we go. Hello, Moira. Can you hear us now? Hello. 
Ah. Well. Oh, you know so what? So what do we do? Um, okay, I've just I just had an idea. Okay. Um, I will try to call her. Oh wait, she's in Canada. I can't do that. I can only call U.S. Um, U.S. phones. Well, it was almost a good idea. So I love those titles, and you're right. It, it's a lot like the filters that that we've been working on. I know. Um, yeah, because yeah, I mean, people like you said when they. Um, when they get new information or or any kind of communication or choices, they run it through filters. Like, well, if I choose this, is somebody going to um, still like me? Um, you know, all the all the things that that you were t- that you were listing in her table of contents, um, very much very much like the filters. Yes, and it's and it's how we have been raised to to think through other people's um, observations. And like I said, the secondhand judgment, I think that's huge, how how we're so influenced by other people and what they think. And then we jump on top of their judgment, and then it becomes secondhand judgment. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. And you buy into someone else's judgment. And <laughs> judgment in the first place, firsthand, um, just d- doesn't serve. And well, it just you stops can. you in your tracks. When you ha- have judgment about anything, then that stops the creative flow. The minute you it judge does. something good or bad, it stops everything. So. Yeah. Well. Uh, yeah. Okay. Let's here she is again. Hello. Hello. Moira? Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Can you hear me? Hi, can you hear me? Uh, um, yes, I can. Can you hear me? <laughs> yes, I can. Um, Vanya, can you take Moira into the screening room and see if um, if she has another alternate method of calling in before she drops off the line again? There we go. Okay. All right. <laughs> Vanya and Fiona to the rescue. They're going to um, see if they can talk to her on, in the screening room. And... Uh, and see what's happening. You know, as Anastasia was saying that, uh, you know, the the solar flares are are kind of kicking in again, that's where I put two and two together. It's like, oh, okay, because that does wreak havoc with electronics where they glitch out for no reason. There's no explanation. Um, Mercury's not retrograde, you know. Um, Or it could just be the quark alliance. Yeah, 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 well, the 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 quark alliance is is a, a a term that they use for that for the what, what used to be called I think the ghosts in the machine, um, just little little troublemakers. <laughs> now she's dropped off again, so let me see what the girls had to say. Um, hang on, I'm getting. Hey Vanya, Vanya, uh, I just took you out of the screening room. What did, did were you able to? To talk to oh she took me out of the screening room. Okay. <laughs> well, let's see. Do I have any music to play? <laughs> um, yeah. Well, um, Vanya and Fiona are okay. Let me get that. Hey, Vanya, this is Ariel. Yeah. Were you able Were you uh, able to talk to Moira? 
Yes, I asked her to call in on her landline. She's going to go ahead and do that. So she hung up, and she's going to use her landline. Oh, good girls, good girls. <laughs> I, you know, I had a feeling that maybe the screening room she'd be able to hear and at least you yeah. know communicate with somebody. So, okay. Yeah, it was um, great. We're getting it solved. Okay. You see, there's Thank just you. more than Thank there's you. just more than one way to to wrangle a computer. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we'll just wait. She'll be calling in from six one three again. Yes, I yes, imagine she will. I will look that for her, and um, I will uh, jump on it ASAP. Do you want me to activate the the microphone, or will you? Um, no, you can go ahead and do it as soon as you see her come in, because I'm just going to chat with Lavendar okay. while we're waiting. That okay. so um, I'm going to put you back on mute and. Go, Vanya. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, we've got we've got some light at the end of the tunnel here, Lavendar. Okay. Because uh, they 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 were able to um, speak with her, you know, two way um, in the in the screening room. So uh, at least that was working. So she'll be calling back in on her on her landline. Uh, probably any second now, but you know, I maybe I just want to I just want to say um, this this past Pleiadian lineup in Arkansas was so wonderful. We're going to gather those people up and have them come on the radio. Oh, there's there's um, there's Moira. Are you there now, Moira? Yes, I am. Can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Oh, okay, great. Well, we're so glad that you were um, determined and, and persistent. So uh, let's pick it up. Lavendar was talking about um, the, the filters and the similarity yeah. between those and your cards. So, uh, Lavendar, take it away. Okay. Yes, I was talking about, did you hear me when I said uh, about secondhand judgment? Were you on the line when I said that? No, I didn't. I heard you read, list, read the list and say there was a huge, huge similarity, but that was all I heard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there is. So I noticed you also sent me another book with this package called Get Your Life on Track Without Jumping <laughs> Off the Train. Tell us a little bit about why you wrote this book. So that was based on, so I, I mentioned earlier that I had joined the cult when I was 18 and I was in it for two years. And that was... a one of my big learning uh, pieces was, was around really figuring out who I was and that it was right for me to stand up for myself and not look for uh, guidance or being told who, who I am from somewhere else. Uh, and then the, the, the piece around the jumping off the train was that that's actually how I got out. I, I actually had, it was kind of hard to get out because I had um I became very highly trained in in the organization and was kind of sought after kind of a big fish that they wanted to keep and so when I tried to get out they they um I kind of got grabbed and and uh I was going to go back for for handling because I wasn't um towing the line anymore I wasn't wasn't uh, under their control so it was quite traumatizing but it was also, like I was saying, it's, it was very uh, pivotal in helping me start to really st stand up and, and 
have have something to say and grow grow with confidence. Although, like I said, I was 20 when I came out, so it, it took quite a lot. I would say it probably took about 10 years for me to actually really fully learn what what it was all about for me and actually stand up and have the confidence that I stepped into as a result of it. Did, th- so the, did this happen in the United States or in Canada or in, or in Britain? Where, where did this happen? It, it was in, I joined in Scotland, and I was in Scotland, England, and America. And I was in Los Angeles, actually. Okay. And so when I came out, I was in England. Okay. So as well, a result of... I, I, yeah, as I'm, as I'm going through this book, I can tell that that this is a very meaningful book for anyone that's ever been trapped in any kind of cult uh, thinking. Yes. And uh, I thank you so much for putting together this book. Tell us some other... Do you have other books that you want to talk about that that people can order off your website? Well, so the main ones I have is the book to go with the Letting Go cards, and then that was my first book, the one that we just talked about. Um, I am actually writing another one, and I haven't fully got the title. The working title at the moment is called Letting Go with Grace and Ease. So I kind of went further into the whole concept of of letting go. Um, That one will probably come out, I would say, the middle of 2017. The other thing that I've done alongside writing these books is that I've developed lots of different um, readings, and those are people can can learn more about them on my website where I talk about... um, um, manifesting blueprint readings and Akashic Record readings, and then of course the the tarot cards and, and oracle card readings that I offer also. So I, I notice on this little card that you you have you have a, a website. It says I have prepared a short video for you to help with your use of these cards. Please go. Mm-hmm. So when a person gets these cards, that you have a little card like this inside to tell them to go look at a video. Is that is that right? That's correct. So what happened was I once I'd I'd written the book, I was and I was starting to use them more and and more in different ways for for myself and for clients. And so at the front of the book, I tell you a wee bit about what the cards are and how to use them, and I put out a few suggested ways like you know how in oracle cards it'll often tell you how to do like a one card reading or a three card reading and and different ideas of how to use them. When I was reading through it again after I'd kind of finally proofed it, I thought I, there was pieces I wanted to still teach people. So I ended up recording a six-minute video just to introduce people to the cards differently. And actually, it's kind of fun to to just feel like I'm I'm speaking to the people to to the person that that uh, got the cards and just to help them uh, get their own relationship with them. Right. So in 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 the sessions that you do with people, do you do you do them long distance by phone or do they need to be in your presence? How do you how do you do your sessions? So uh, yes to all of that. So I do work with people all over the world. I I do um, meet with by, via Skype or the, Zoom is a really good way to. It actually doesn't drop you as much as what we were just going through with my Skype call there. Um, so, so yeah, a lot of people prefer to have uh, connection with by video. So, so I'll do Zoom or or Skype uh, or telephone as well. Um, 
and so yes, I do have a, a, a in-person client base, but even my in-person client base will will sometimes uh, prefer to meet via Skype because it's just it's quicker and easier. Readings, a lot of people prefer them uh, over over distance, anyways, because particularly things like blueprint readings, I I need time. I have to 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 work on them prior to actually sitting and having the session. So those are better to just set up and then we we either hook up by phone or by um, by Skype or even email too because I do I do create relationships with people that, that there's always follow up that if somebody thinks of later about something because the the I I will always record my readings so that people can go back and and reflect on them and sometimes they'll hear something or or something else will will come clear. Similar to what I was saying to you about that that person who had drawn a card and it came back a couple of days later to say it actually did resonate, but it took that long for her to to sort of connect that. Right. So, and then the other thing that I'm wanting to do in in 2017 is is I want to start uh, creating uh, small small group coaching programs on on the internet again using that the the um, Zoom, the, the, the meeting um, platform that I mentioned. I haven't heard of that. How does that how does that work, Zoom? It's 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 actually it's a similar concept to Google Hangouts. It's just it's a lot more robust, and so it's basically you can go and get a free account. Just go to zoom.com and you get a free account. And I believe with a free account you can have up to twenty five people in like a virtual meeting room, so everybody can. Can, you can choose to all be meeting with video or just by by uh internet sound so ha, ha, so how does that many people uh, be on video at the same time how does that work the, the, so it's it's the person who's speaking gets the main that's who you would see on your screen and then everybody else it's just a thumbnail and so then and then it would switch when people speak Oh, I see. Huh? I just finished. I just finished a course with with over twenty five people in it. That when we were from all over the world, we've been and we were meeting twice a week for for six months. Um, and it it was we never had. Well, actually, we had we one time had a problem, but that was because the teacher was was um, out of country. Wow. But other than that, it, yeah, it worked brilliantly, and and so the, and it also it records everything. So even if we any of us missed a class, we were able to go and get the recordings and watch at a oh. later date. That sounds really interesting. I know that Ariel is is starting an, an astrology starseed um, uh, section, and this may be something we might be interested in doing. Is is having her uh, start teaching us a. a, a Galactic astrology with Zoom. This might be something we want to look into. I think that's a great idea. It's a great idea. And if so, if if Ariel has any questions and I can help, just let me know. Ah, okay. Well, speaking of Ariel, I'm looking at the time. It's time for me to pass you over to her because she has the switchboard and maybe okay. some things that she wants to ask you. So I've really enjoyed talking with you. And thank you so much for this purple pen that you put in. Do you put a purple pen in with all your orders? Or I do. Or do you just do, do that for me? 
Well, I, I I would like to say it was just for you, but I actually do it for everybody. I have a big <laughs> thank you so much for these cards, and I and I am going to start using them. I haven't had a chance to to do it yet, but now that I have them on my desk, they'll, they'll be sitting here, and I'll be I'll be working with them very soon. So back That's to wonderful. you, Ariel. Thanks, Lavendar. Thank you. Okay. Well. Um, would you be willing to um, talk to any of our callers that might have a question or comment for you? Absolutely. Okay. So um, at this time, if you are already on the switchboard and you have a question or comment for Moira, uh, all you need to do is press 1 so that we know you want to come on the air and talk to her. And if you are listening on your computer, then you need to pick up the phone and dial 917 917- 889-8292, and then once you're in, press 1, and you'll be able to speak with Moira. So um, that's a process that's going to take a, a few minutes here. So is there is there anything else that you want to uh, mention or share with our audience? Um I can't think of anything other than um, on my the, most of the information about how to contact me and more information about my services is on my website. Um, I mentioned about the different types of readings that I do. I actually have a Christmas special uh, packages, so I, I actually just realized that I haven't put them up on my my website yet. So stay tuned for them. <laughs> stay tuned. <laughs> and that website is wellness with Moira M O I R A dot com. Wellnesswithmoira dot com. And um I'm sure there are links to everything that you have to offer it, it all on that one site. Yes, there is. And and I okay. it, I have a blog I have a I write a blog post every week too, so I'm always trying to inspire people as best I can. Give them meaning and and just helping raise the vibrations, really, I guess, is the best thing to say. Well, and that is a true starseed um, objective and goal. And um, uh, while you were talking to Lavendar, uh, I just refreshed my my memory um, with your personal chart um, because I did a, a reading for you as well. Mm-hmm, and you did. Uh, um, yes, yes. So... Let me ask you: um, Do you do you have family that um, moved with you to Canada? No. Um, so I the, I was actually born in Canada. In fact, it's really funny because I'm actually living now in the province that I was born in. But then oh. um, we moved over to to BC, and my parents divorced, and so I moved to Scotland with my father. My and my mum stayed in in BC. So when I moved back to Canada, it is 93, I went back to, to BC to, to kind of get my home base back. Um, but no, I don't live anywhere near family. That What brought us back into Ontario is my husband is born and raised in this area. So he, he was coming home. I see. I see. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you definitely have a Scottish accent. So I, I thought I do. That, you, that you started off there and then came here. Um, no, well, we were, my, we were as, as children, we were homeschooled by both parents are Scottish, so I, I've always had an accent. It's just been I a see. wee bit different from the people I was with, yes. Uh-huh. So, well, my question was going to be, um, 
your family knows what you do, and do you have their support? They know what I do. Um, I'm not sure about the support part. I think that I <laughs> kind of mystif- mystify them, and they. Uh, I've helped various members of my family over the, over the years, but there's a there's definitely a, a, a resistance to coming in any deeper. So you you have to have parameters on what you do and don't talk about when you're yep, with them. Very much so. I would imagine. Yeah, well, I think that so. probably a lot of star seeds can say that, um, and certainly, uh, you know, depending on the geographic area that you live, um, there there can be, you know, sometimes. Well, you know, like if you live in the Bible Belt, you you just have to be careful when you're talking to strangers because you never know. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know <laughs> what their story is. But um, yeah, the reason that I was asking is just because you've got you've got a strong marking in your chart for that um, um, maternal nurturing family and all of that. But it seems to me that you have um, adopted a minute. <laughs> be uh, adopted the uh, uh, the star seeds and the and the clients that you work with. Absolutely, and I've I've said that for years that because I had always because of my own uh, sort of dysfunctional childhood, I I had as a young adult felt like I was I wanted to have children in order to to repair what what damage was done when I was growing up, but um, turned out that I wasn't intending to have children really, but it is because of that very strong maternal instinct that I I needed to go through my own healing. And then I say that to all of my clients and, and um, co- connections, that they're my family, they're, they're my children. Well, yeah, I was I was just kind of putting that together as, as you were talking to Lavendar and I was looking at your chart and I saw that, that, that one marking. Of course, you've got tons of star markings, but... Um, made me want to ask um, if you had an extended starseed family and feeling more comfortable um, than with your biological family. Most definitely. Yeah. And, and I and think you that's know, true. The true, true for a lot of people. No, I, I think that um, in years past, there's, there's sort of a social conditioning that goes with, with it's your blood family, it's your family of origin. And I think that that was something that I worked through with a mentor is that your family is your family and you you recognize who they are at, at a heart level. And it, just because it's a biological family doesn't doesn't set you up for anything uh, that you have to do. And I think that that's very freeing for people to sometimes feel that because there's, there's lots of stories I can think of of other people coming and telling me that they always felt so alone or not seen or misunderstood in their their family of origin but then when they when they sort of expand their wings or or go and find those the star seed or the 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 sort of um space travelers if you will that that they they do feel seen and 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 actually can then start to really ground in what their meaning in life is or what their purpose is or what did they come here for mhm well and we've been saying for years that you know star seeds pick the bloodline mm-hmm. and and sometimes um you know the parents are um let's say asleep or they've been so conditioned that 
that they're kind of permanently asleep, but you still pick them for the bloodline, for the DNA. And, I mean, you've got the mark of the Pleiades, so that is a big clue right there. But that doesn't mean that that they are on your level, spiritually or um, on an evolutionary level. But you got the DNA, and then you turn and run with that and make something of it, regardless of, um, you know, a biological family. And some people are, are quite fortunate to have... Um, you know, uh, parenting that uh, gives them that freedom and, and nurturing and feelings of, of security and worth. But some star seeds come into families um, to straighten things up, and it, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not an easy job. So um, I just wanted to ask you about that. So, um, okay, I'm, I'm looking at the switchboard here in the – I don't see any any callers except for oh Lori is here, so um, uh, Lori will will um, yeah I figured that she says time zone issues I had that that nope. notion because she's in a different time zone so that's how come she missed the beginning of the show but Lori we will get to you um, as soon as um, we are complete with Moira so once again your website is wellnesswithmoira.com. And your letting go guidance cards sound like um, very effective and necessary tools to clear out those blockages and things that people hang on to that are actually impeding their growth. And I know that most starseeds want to go fast, fast, fast. <laughs> so um, I think that's a very valuable contribution. And um, I want to thank you so much for being on our show. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been really lovely to speak with with both of you and connect with Vanya there too. Even though we live right. in the same yeah. same city, kind of. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, when I saw your six one three area code, I thought, huh, that's the same as Vanya. So I knew that that mm-hmm. uh, that she knew you. Yes. So um, please keep us um, informed when your when your next book comes out next year, and you come on back and tell us all about it. For sure, I will. And and then, like I just said to, to Lavendar, if you did want to chat some more about that Zoom stuff, just let me know. I'd be happy to help. Yeah, that sounds like something that we'd be interested in. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely look it up because, yeah, Skype is <laughs> it's kind of like, like Domino's Pizza. It's, it's reliably <laughs> mediocre. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And then to any of your listeners who who hear this and they're hearing it as a recording, if they ha- there's any questions or or anything, just pop me an email. You can easily contact me off my website if you have any questions or 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 want some some more explanation about these letting go cards. I'd be happy to happy to to connect with that. Well, that that's wonderful because truly. Um, when I'm looking at our statistics, uh, a lot of people listen um, at their leisure, you know, when they have time. Wednesdays is a real big day. So we will probably have thousands of people listening tomorrow to this recording. So um, just go to Moira's website if you have any question. Since uh, you weren't here tonight to um, ask her live in person, it's a very generous offer to let people email you. 
and um, with any questions about your Letting Go guidance cards. Mm-hmm. Well, Moira, thank you so much for sharing your time, your wonderful cards, and your mission with us and our audience. And we'll look forward to having you back on the show um, when you've got your new book out. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. You are so welcome. Have a wonderful holiday. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. So, um, okay, here comes Lori, and let me get Lavendar back online here. Um, Lavendar, are you there? Oh, she might have put the phone down for a minute. Um, so, well, I'll tell you what, I'll just leave your mic open, Lavendar. And hey, Lori, it's Ariel. How are you? Hi, Ariel. I'm wonderful. I am so sorry. I came screeching into the house about 20 minutes ago thinking, oh, I made it just in time. <laughs> but you I know, was off and out. <laughs> you know, I had the feeling that, because I know you're on Central Time and, and yeah. the, the show announcement goes out for Eastern Time. And I was like, mm-hmm. I bet it's the, I call it temporal dyslexia. Because <laughs> <laughs> But I'm trying to figure out, you know, astrology times and appointment times for people in all the time zones in the in the world. Um, yeah, I get temporal dyslexia sometimes, and it sounds like you had a little case of that yourself. But tell us about Mystic Chocolate. I know you sent um, some delicious little tidbits um, for me to sample, but tell us um, how this came about. Well, it's... It's a little bit of a, a long story, but I'll, I'll try to keep it short. But um, it, it all started when I launched Sweet Rod Joy, my other business, which is uh, Desserts to Live For. It, it's pretty much a local business. It was a little difficult to ship, you know, lemon cheesecake across over to California, for instance. So that's just become a local um, product, a local company. And so I started making raw chocolates for Sweet Rod Joy. And when I got online, I found a course on how to actually make raw tempered chocolate. And tempered chocolate is, you know, you hear that saying, it melts in your mouth, not on your hands. So tempering is the process of using hot and cold to align the crystals in the chocolate. Yes, chocolate is a crystalline structure. How cool is that? (laughs) Well, you know, you you, um, obviously didn't hear my introduction um, before the show started when – I I noted that uh, for people that weren't aware that chocolate was brought to this planet by the Pleiadians. So just another yay, yay, yay. Uh, I guess they knew we'd need it. But it's got lots of benefits, lots of health benefits. Oh my gosh, amazing benefits. All you got to do is find a web, uh, a YouTube from David Wolf, and he'll go into this diatribe of all the beautiful things about chocolate. Um, but it's funny that you mentioned the Pleiades because I actually do have a Pleiadian mentor. His name is Pada, who comes in through Richard. And um, quality checks my work, helps me tweak my process. They, they let me fall down and skin my knees, but they come in and, and pick me up and put a Band-Aid on me and say, keep on going. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just, it's just amazing. And now, how Mystic Chocolate came about, well, I already told you I was already making raw uh, tempered chocolate for Sweet Rod Joy, and I had a, a, um, a solar return with Lavendar, um, not last January, but the January before, and we talked about my business, Sweet Rod Joy, and, and the chocolate making, and how that was really starting to, to pique my interest more than the desserts themselves, 
and she thought it would be an awesome idea to create starseed chocolate. And I did too, and I thought, well, heck, I've already got Galactic helping me with the chocolate anyway, you know, so it's not that big of a stretch to go to starseed chocolate. And as I was developing that concept, um, decided with with some help from, you know, our galactic friends that perhaps there needed to be a place in between, something that would be more of a bridge. And so Mystic Chocolate was born. I met Brian Besco in um, South Dakota who creates tensor ring technology. And his website is called twistedsage.com. And you can go on there and look at his beautiful tools that you can actually wear. Um, they're made with copper wire, and he uses specific measurements, they're sacred measurements, and he twists them in a certain way, a certain degree, and when he does that, it creates an endless loop of energy. And I bought a um, harmony generator from him. It's just this little um, twisted um, wire globe that's collapsible, so I can wear it as an armband, or I can just uncollapse it and, and put it next to the tempering machine. And what it does is it actually emanates and gives out the frequency of love and gratitude, and that goes into everything I make, specifically the Mystic Chocolate as well. And so Mystic Chocolate is kind of, like I said, a bridge in that it uses tensoring technology. I also have a healing crystal that I use with this chocolate, and it also has this software called New Earth Energetics. A friend of mine created it. Her name is Emre and um, you can find out more about that at newearthenergetics.biz. And this software is software that is energetic in nature. It's based on the Sanskrit word soma, which is divine love, I believe. So it's got all these energies that are encompassed in this chocolate. And to top that, because not everybody knows what all this other stuff is, but I know this audience definitely gets what I'm saying, but to top it all off, I also um, decided that there's a big audience that is waking up to the chakra system. A lot of people do yoga, and that's how I came across the chakra system was through yoga and, of course, through connective healing that I used to do. Um, and so what I did is I looked up the chakras and which foods and flavors and colors support each of the chakras. So Mystic Chocolate was created with that in mind as well. So there are seven different flavors. And you can get it three different ways. You can get a full chakra set, which is the seven flavors. You can get chakra mixes, like in, um, um, intuition enhancer or higher self-connection. Or there's one for creativity, one for moving forward. And um, the chakra mixes were given to me as um, the three consecutive chakras. The one that's in the middle is the one that's the most predominant that's being affected. Um, so anyway, it's, it's quite extensive, and I'll just go through the flavors really quick, the seven different flavors. Oh, and the third way you can get it is to have just one individual um, chakra flavor in the whole box. So the chakra set is seven pieces, and I'll start at the root. The root chakra is cherry with five spice and just a pinch of cayenne, and I layer the flavors so that you taste the cherry first, and the cayenne kind of sneaks up on you at the end. I kind of like it that way when I eat something spicy. I don't like it to be, you know, like, bam, hit you over the head kind of spicy. I like yeah. it to kind of stuff on you, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's the root chakra. 
The sacral is orange, of course. And I use mango and passion fruit because that chakra is also, you know, our sexuality or, and part of our creativity as well. The solar plexus is yellow, of course, in color. And I use pineapple and banana. The heart is green, and so I chose pear, and I paired that with rose. The rose is the highest frequency, and um, so the, sh- the heart chakra is, is, is um, very, um, you know, that's, that's a great place to have that kind of a, a flower. The throat is blueberry and bergamot, and bergamot is that citrus fruit that you find in Earl Grey tea. So it has right. that tang, citrusy finish. Mm-hmm. The third eye is blackberry and Cabernet Sauvignon grapes, like in red wine. And the crown is violet and lemon. So those are the seven flavors you can get all in one set. Um, so, yeah, what else, what else can I share with well, you that, about it? That is just absolutely inspired, and uh, I think you're going to do really well. It's mystic-chocolate.com. And Correct. because of because of the way it's um, the way you're making them, you can ship them anywhere. That's not an issue, Absolutely. correct? Yeah, that is correct. They they've already been to Australia and Japan, so they're international. <laughs> wow, wow, that's quite a feather in your cap. Well, you yes. have come a long you've come a long way in the last four years. You know, when we met in France. And um, you've just been on it and continuing to grow and expand and, and now um, bringing something that's delicious and good for you <laughs> and, you know, somewhat, um, and, let's say, esoteric. That's just, it's just a perfect combination. And we're so proud of you. Oh, thank you so much. I, I, I really want to give Lavendar so much credit for, for giving me that confidence that this is a concept that is people are waiting for it. And, in fact, <laughs> there are many galactics coming through Richard that, that are wanting to help with this chocolate. They know starseed chocolate is still coming, and it will be. I'm just not sure when that's going to happen. It's, it's um, just me with two businesses right now, so I think it needs to happen a little bit after I've hired a, a couple people maybe <laughs> so yeah. that I can employ businesses, you know. So... Yeah, it's just me and Richard. Richard does everything except make chocolate. <laughs> That's my part. Yeah. Well, that is just so cool. Um, yeah. And I mean, do you? You said that you have um, you you have crystals or crystal energy yeah. involved as well. Yes. Yes. I so, use a, a yeah. I use a quartz crystal ha- that was. Yeah, I use a quartz crystal that was blessed by John of God. And that's the one that um, my Galactics chose for me to to um, uh, influence the chocolate with. Well, that is just an inspired endeavor, and um, <laughs> just in time for Christmas. How about that? What How a, about you know, that? What a, yeah, what a what a unique um, gift for the star seeds on your list, and uh, I, I'm sure that that this is going to really take off for you. And I'm so yeah. glad I'm so glad that you made it um you know before before the show was over and uh it's always wonderful to hear from you give Richard a big hug for us and yeah, 
yeah, we're just we're just really proud to know you. So you keep up the good work and uh you know, let us know how things are going for you and just, you know, stay in touch, okay? Absolutely, Ariel. Thank you so much and please thank Lavendar for me as well. I will do that. And uh, one more time, the website is mystic-chocolate and I, I mean hyphen. It, there's you don't actually write the word dash. <laughs> it's mystic-chocolate.com. So everybody go check it out and, uh, you know, it would be great stocking stuffers. So I hope you have a wonderful holiday. And, uh, again, give a a big hug to Richard for us. I will. Thank you so much, Ariel. Love to you both. You're welcome, Lori. You take care. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Well, um, we want to thank you all for listening this evening. We will be back next week. And um, as I had started to say earlier uh, when when we were having trouble getting Moira back on the line, um, we had a stellar crystal um, gathering starseed quest in Arkansas for Pleiadian lineup. And um, this was such a strong group. And uh, we had a lot of uh, ship sightings and reunions of people that just knew each other. It still warms my heart to think of it. And we are going to invite them to come on and uh, and talk about it. Um, we we actually had um, little starseed children. Well, well, one of them wasn't so little. He was 12, Noah, and uh, Marston and Miranda. And they really, they touched everyone so deeply because these these little children were, um, nothing but love. I mean, when you look at them, that's all they emanate is love. Beautiful, beautiful children. And it really filled us all with hope for the future. So um, can't wait to have them come back on the show. Hopefully, it might not happen before Christmas, but uh, hopefully really soon we can gather everybody together and have them come on for a little bit. So um, that's it for us this evening. And on behalf of everyone here at Starseed Radio Academy, Vanya, Fiona, Anastasia, Lavendar, and myself, and Tammy, uh, have a wonderful week, and we will see you next week. Until then, do remember to count your blessings every day. Good night, everyone. been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com.